and now go, write it before them on a tablet, and inscribe it in a book that it may be for the time to come as a witness forever, Isaiah 38. I want to express my sincere appreciation to the hundreds of men and women who have written me, telling me of their use of imagination to create a greater good for others as well as for themselves, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. A faith which was loyal to the unseen reality of their imaginal acts. The limitation of space does not allow the publication of all the stories in this one volume. In the difficult task of selecting and organizing this material, Ruth Messenger and Julian Brainard have been of invaluable assistance. Neville 78 Imagination, the real and eternal world of which this vegetable universe is but a faint shadow. What is the life of man but art and science? William Blake, Jerusalem. Imagination is more important than knowledge. Albert Einstein, on science. Who is your imagination? I rest not from my great task. To open the eternal worlds, to open the immortal eyes of man inwards into the worlds of thought, into eternity, ever expanding in the bosom of God, the human imagination. William Blake. Certain words in the course of long use gather so many strange connotations that they almost cease to mean anything at all. Such a word as imagination. This word is made to serve all manner of ideas, some of them directly opposed to one another. Fancy, thought, hallucination, suspicion, indeed, so wide is its use and so varied its meanings, the word. Imagination has no status nor fixed significance. For example, we ask a man to use his imagination, meaning that his present outlook is too restricted and therefore not equal to the task. In the next breath we tell him that his ideas are pure imagination, thereby implying that his ideas are unsound. We speak of a jealous or suspicious person as a victim of his own imagination, meaning that his thoughts are untrue. A minute later we pay a man the highest tribute by describing him as a man of imagination. Thus the word imagination has no definite meaning. Even the dictionary gives us no help. It defines imagination as 1. The picturing power. Or act of the mind, the constructive or creative principle. 2. A phantasm. 3. An irrational notion or belief. 4. Planning, plotting or scheming is in. Involving mental construction. I identify the central figure of the Gospels with human imagination, the power which makes the forgiveness of sins, the achievement of our goals, inevitable. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made. That was made. There is only one thing in the world. Imagination, and all our deformations of it. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. Imagination is the very gateway of reality man, said Blake, is either the ark of God or a phantom of the earth and of the water. Naturally he is only a natural organ subject to sense. The eternal body of man is the imagination, that is God himself, the divine body. Jesus, we are his members. I know of no greater and truer definition of the imagination than that of Blake. By imagination we have the power to be anything we desire to be. Through imagination we disarm and transform the violence of the world. Our most intimate as well as our most casual relationships become imaginative as we awaken to, the mystery hid from the ages, that Christ in us is our imagination. We then realize that only as we live by imagination can we truly be said to live at all. I want this book to be the simplest, clearest, frankest work I have the power to make it that I may encourage you to function imaginatively, that you may open your, immortal eyes inwards into the worlds of thought, where you behold every desire of your heart as ripe grain, white already to harvest. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more.
abundantly. The abundant life that Christ promised us is ours to experience now, but not until we have the sense of Christ as our imagination can we experience it. The mystery hid from the ages. Christ in you, the hope of glory, is your imagination. This is the mystery which I am ever striving to realize more keenly myself and to urge upon others. Imagination is our Redeemer, the Lord from heaven, born of man but not begotten of man. Every man is Mary and birth to Christ must give. If the story of the Immaculate Conception and birth of Christ appears irrational to man, it is only because it is misread as biography, history, and cosmology, and the modern explorers of the imagination do not help by calling it the unconscious or subconscious mind. Imaginati. State of awareness, like a magnet, attracts life. Steel, in its demagnetized state is a whirling mass of electrons, but when the electrons are faced in one direction, the steel is magnetized. You do not add to the steel to make it magnetic or take anything away to demagnetize it. This same principle is true for you. You can change your world by rearranging your thoughts and having them travel only in one direction, and that is toward the fulfillment of your desire. Watch your reactions to life, for any change in the arrangement of your mind which can be detected by self-observation, will cause a change in your outer world. It is important to learn to be passive to that which is unlovely and unacceptable to you. In that way, you are awakening the dynamic one within. And, when you find your inner being, you will discover that the qualities you condemn in others are really in yourself. Then you will know the secret of forgiveness, for as you forgive yourself, the others are forgiven. All things, not just a few, are made manifest by the light, and everything manifested as light. The moment you consent to a thought, it is made manifest. It could not come into being unless you consented to its expression by being aware of it. The universe moves with motiveless necessity as it has not motive of its own. Rather, it moves under the necessity of manifesting the arrange ments of the minds of men. This teaching is to awaken you to your light, and the awakening begins by self-observation. If you have a secret affection for living in the mud of self-pity and condemnation, your world will mirror those feelings. But if you will rearrange your mind and live in the heavenly When I got up there was an airmail letter from Barbados under my door. As I opened the letter a little piece of paper flickered to the floor. I picked it up and it was a draft for $50. The letter was from my brother Victor and it read, I am not asking you to come, Neville, this is a command. We have never had a Christmas when all the members of our family were present at the same time. This Christmas it could be done if you would come. My oldest brother Cecil left home before the youngest was born and then we started to move away from home at different times so never in the history of our family were we ever all together at the same time. The letter continued, you are not working, I know there is no reason why you cannot come, so you must be here before Christmas. The enclosed $50 is to buy a few shirts or a pair of shoes you may need for the trip. You will not need tips, use the bar if you are drinking. I will meet the ship and pay all your tips and incurred expenses. I have cabled Furnace, Withy & Co. in New York City and told them to issue you a ticket when you appear at their office. The $50 is simply to buy some little essentials. You may sign as you want aboard the ship. I will meet it and take care of all obligations. I went down to Furnace, Withy & Co., with my letter and let them read it. They said, we received the cable Mr. Goddard, but unfortunately we have not any space left on the December 6th able is third. Thomas we have a few passengers who are getting off. You may then ride first class between New York and St. Thomas. When we get to ST. Class from St. Thomas to Barbados. 
but between New York and St. Thomas you must go third. The first class dining room and walk the decks of the first class, although you may have the privileges of class. I said, I will take it. I went back to my friend Abdullah on the afternoon of December 4th sailing. The only thing available and said, it worked like a dream. I told him what I had done, thinking he would be happy. Do you know what he said to me? He said, who told you that you are going third class? You are in Barbados and you went there first class. Did I see you in Barbados, the man you are, going third class? No, I did not have one moment to see him again before I sailed on the noon of December 6th when I reached the dock with my passport and my papers to get aboard that ship the agent said to me, we have good news for you, Mr. Goddard. There has been a cancellation and you are going first class. Abdullah taught me the importance of remaining faithful to an idea and not compromising. I wavered, but he remained faithful to the assumption that I was in Barbados and had traveled first class. Now back to the significance of our two Bible stories. The well is deep and you have no bucket, you have no rope. It is four months to the harvest. And Jesus says, I have meat to eat ye know not of. I am the bread of heaven. Feast on the idea, become identified with the idea as though you were Al. Ready that embodied state. Walk in the assumption that you are what you want to be. If you feast on that and remain faithful to that mental diet, you will crystallize it. You will become it in this world. When I came back to New York in 1934, after three heavenly months in Barbados, I drank, I smoked, and did everything I had not done in years. I remembered what Abdullah had said to me, after you have proven this law you will become normal, Neville. You will come out of that graveyard, you will come out of that dead past where you think you are being holy. For all you are really doing you know, you are being so good, Neville, you are good for nothing. I came back walking this earth a completely transformed person. From that day, which was in February 1934, I began to live more and more. I cannot honestly tell you I have always succeeded. My many mistakes in this world, my many failures would convict me if I told you that I have so completely mastered the movements of my attention that I can at all. But whom say ye that I am, Matt? 16 15. I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another. I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. This I am within you, the reader, this awareness, this consciousness of being, is the Lord, the God of all flesh. I am is he that should come, stop looking for another. As long as you believe in a God apart from yourself you will continue to transfer the power of your expression to your conceptions, forgetting that you are the conceiver. The power conceiving and the thing conceived are one but the power to conceive is greater than the conception. Jesus discovered this glorious truth when he declared, I and my father are one but my father is greater than I. The power conceiving itself to be man is greater than its conception. All conceptions are limitations of the conceiver. Before Abraham was, I am. Before the world was, I am. Consciousness precedes all manifestations and is the prop upon which all manifestation rests. To remove the manifestations all that is required of you, the conceiver, is to take your attention away from the conception. Instead of, out of sight out of mind, it really is, out of mind out of sight. The manifestation will remain in sight only as long as it takes the force with which the conceiver, IAM, originally endowed it to spend itself. This applies to all creation from the infinitesimally small electron to the infinitely great universe. 
Be still and know that I am God. Yes, this very I am, your awareness of being, is God, the only God. I am is the Lord, the God of all flesh, all manifestation. This presence, your unconditioned awareness, comprehends neither beginning nor ending, limitations exist only in the manifestation. When you realize that this awareness is your eternal self you will know that before Abraham was, I am. Begin to understand why you were told, go thou and do likewise. Begin now to identify yourself with this presence, your awareness, as the only reality. All manifestations but appear to be, you as man have no reality other than that which is your eternal self, I am, believes itself to be. More free books law of attraction haven, whom do you say that I am? This is not a question asked 2000 years ago. It is the eternal question addressed to the manifestation by die. Conceiver, it is your true self, your awareness of being, asking you, its present conception of itself, who do you believe your awareness to be? This answer can be defined only within yourself regardless of the influence of another, I am, your true self, is not interested in man's opinion. All its interest lies in your conviction of yourself. What do you say of the I am within you? Can you answer and say, I am Christ? Your answer or degree of understanding will determine the place you will occupy in life. Do you say, or believe yourself to be a man of a certain family, race, nation, etc.? Do you honestly believe this of yourself? Then life, your true self, will cause these conceptions to appear in your world and you will live with them as though they are real. I am the door. I am the way. I am the resurrection and the life. No man or manifestation cometh unto my father save by me. The I am, your consciousness, is the only door through which anything can pass into your world. Stop looking for signs. Signs follow, they do not proceed begin to reverse the statement, seeing is believing, too. Believing is seeing. Start now to believe, not with the wavering. Confidence based on deceptive external evidence but with an undaunted. Confidence based on the immutable law that you can be that which you desire to be. You will find that you are not a victim of fate but a victim of faith, your own. Only through one door can that which you seek pass into the world of manifestation. I am the door. Your consciousness is the door, so you must become conscious of being and having that which you desire to be and to have any attempt to realize your desires in. In him we live and move, and have our being. Psychically, this world appears as an ocean of light containing within itself all things, including man, as pulsating bodies enveloped in liquid light. The biblical story of the flood is the state in which man lives. Man is actually inundated in an ocean of liquid light in which countless numbers of light beings move. The story of the flood is really being enacted today. Man is the ark containing within himself the male-female principles of every living thing. The dove or idea which is sent out to find dry land is man's attempt to embody his ideas. Man's ideas resemble birds in flight like the dove in the story, returning to man without finding a place to rest. If man will not let such fruitless searches discourage him, one day the bird will return with a green sprig. 
After assuming the consciousness of the thing desired he will be convinced that it is so, and he will feel and know that he is that which he has consciously appropriated, even though it is not yet confirmed by his senses. One day man will become so identified with his conception that he will know it to be himself, and he will declare, I am, I am that which I desire to be, I am that I am. He will find that as he does so he will begin to embody his desire, the dove or desire will this time find dry land, thereby realizing the mystery of the word made flesh. Everything in the world is a crystallization of this liquid light. I am the light of the world. Your awareness of being is the liquid light of the world which crystallizes into the conceptions you have of yourself. Your unconditioned awareness of being first conceived itself in liquid light which is the initial velocity of the universe. All things from the highest to the lowest vibrations or expressions of life are nothing more than the different vibrations of velocities of this initial velocity, gold, silver, iron, wood, flesh, etc., are only different expressions or velocities of this one substance liquid light. All things are crystallized liquid light the differentiation or infinity of expression is caused by the conceiver's desire to know himself. Your conception of yourself automatically determines the velocity necessary to express that which you have conceived yourself to be. The world is an ocean of liquid light in countless different states of crystallization. The breath of life. Did the prophet Elijah really restore to life the dead child of the widow? This story, along with all the other stories of the Bible, is a psychological drama which takes place in the consciousness of man. The widow symbolizes every man and woman in the world, the dead child represents the frustrated desires and ambitions of man, while the prophet, Elijah, symbolizes the God, power within man, or man's awareness of being. The story tells us that the prophet took the dead child from the widow's bosom and carried him into an upper room. As he entered this upper room he closed the door behind them, placing the child upon a bed, he breathed life into him, returning to the mother, he gave her the child and said, woman, thy son liveth. Man's desires can be symbolized as the dead child. The mere fact that he desires is positive proof that the thing desired is not yet a living reality in his world. He tries in every conceivable way to nurse this desire into reality, to make it live, but finds in the end that all attempts are fruitless. Most men are not aware of the existence of the infinite power within themselves as the prophet. They remain indefinitely with a dead child in their arms, not realizing that the desire is the positive indication of limitless capacities for its fulfillment. Let man once recognize that his consciousness is a prophet who breathes life into all that he is conscious of being, and he will close the door of his senses against his problem and fix his attention solely on that which he desires, knowing that by so doing his desires are certain to be realized. He